I want to say thank God for the parents and also the people that invested in them. When I say thank God for the parents, without you, they won't be here. All right? I have a reason for saying that because it's part of our message here today. I hope you enjoyed your, your Valentine's Day. And uh, if you had a chance to do something, if you missed it, you can still go to some of the places that are 50% off, you know. <laughs> make sure, you know, don't give them the cheap ones, all right? But I'm saying it's wonderful. Because I remember there was a, a guy who works in a lawnmower shop. And you know, and he was on his way home. Then he realized he forgot to buy a Valentine's card for his wife. He said, oh, oh. And you know, it, it was really too late. And so when, when he got home, he did it so inconspicuously. He started to look for a magazine, all right? And because he was a lawnmower man, there was a lot of lawnmower magazines, right? So he decided to be creative. So he said, I'm going to cut this lawnmower. He pasted a little bit of piece of paper, you know. And then he said, I lawnmower you. And I will lawnmower over you. Well, you know, when the, guy, the wife got this, she wasn't sure, he wasn't sure whether the wife would like it or not. But, you know, he did something. I know, maybe wives, you know, this if, if they like your card. She took that card and put it on the refrigerator. <laughs> when he says, I will loan more you. That's one, of the, that's one way of saying in his own creative way. I'm going to love you with all of what I am, what I have been, because that's God's love for me to you. Well, there was another guy who goes on a date with his wife, right? You know, they go to a Chinese restaurant. And by the way, my wife and I went to one, right? And they have those little cookies, right? Uh, fortune, fortune cookies. cookies. And then uh, he, here's what the fortune cookie said. The lady said, be quiet for a little while. <laughs> and here's what the guy gets. Talk while you have the chance. <laughs> so they had, a, they had a wonderful day that night. It was wonderful. Well, it, it, it turned out it was, was good. And I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, whether you like it or not, there, there are different ways for us to express love. And this is a love Sunday. If you notice, a lot of people in red. This is very intentional. And we wanted you to invite your friends, your loved ones, whether you're married or not married, because the principles you're about to share with, with you today will last for a lifetime. If you get this right, it will really help you in relationships. That's why you reason why we wanted you to come. So thank you for those invited your friends and loved ones. And for those of you here today, May this be the message that will also bring upon your heart. So let me just share a few things why I believe this is so critical. I want you to look at the challenges of marriage right now. Okay? Look at some of the challenges. There's a lot of abuse today. Whether it's physical abuse, verbal abuse, all kinds of abuses, you see this happening today. And it's growing more and more how people treat one another. There's a lot of addiction. Whether it's drug addiction, whether it's gambling, and by the way, these things I'm sharing with you, these are breakers for marriage as well and relationships. People are breaking up over gambling. It hurt my heart. A few years ago, we went back to, to, to New Jersey. And I, visited, and I met somebody whom we were a part of. We loved this couple. But what we heard, they separated because of gambling. Gambling can really result into marriages that are also ruined. Addiction. All right? What about communication issues? Do you have communications issues? One of the reasons why people divorce is this area of communication. When you no longer talk, 
You think you're there, but you're not there. You're present, but you're not present. And you know, you see each other, it's like, hi, bye, and that's it. It's painful when you don't communicate. This is one of the areas why people also break up in marriage. They don't talk about divorce. I'm gonna address this today. I'm gonna tell you in the reason why. Let me just go, what about grief? There's a lot of pain today. Pain about children that, that are wayward. Grief about losing somebody love. There's a lot of pain today in people's lives. What about parenting? There's challenges in parenting today. How do you raise up a kid that was brought up in a different culture and other in America or whatever? The culture is changing. Parenting has been a challenge today. What about pornography? This has become a big problem today because it goes into your buried bedrooms. Even goes to your phones today. And it is creating a lifestyle and a concept of marriage and relationship that is corrupted. How we debase the relationship. What about same sex attraction? This has become a problem today. Because when somebody says, Can I marry somebody of my own of my own sex? What does the Bible say? We have to understand. But let me share with you specifically about divorce today, because that is one of my concerns. Look at the number of marriages. Did you know last year, based upon uh, CDC, there were over 2.2 million marriages. Hey, amen, right? You agree? That's great. However, look at the marriage rate and the divorce rate. It's out of almost seven for every thousand people married. But notice the divorce rate, 787 divorce in 2019, last year. That's almost more than one third. I'm just saying, that's the kind of divorce we have in America today. In other words, one out of three can end up in divorce. Let me give you another statistic here. And I would love for you to look at this. Because with this, hopefully you will understand why we believe in what we're talking about. If one out of three marriages end up in divorce, if you're married in church, and by the way, that first one, it can be married anywhere, in a cruise ship, Las Vegas, right? They get drunk, they get married, and afterwards, oh, I'm sorry, let's go have a divorce. It happens, right? But one out of 50 marriages, if it's done in a church, whatever church it might be, ends up in divorce. Not bad. Look at the third statistics from Marriage Magazine. I want you to see this. You want a matter of marriage? Look at this. One out of 1,105 marriages that are done in a Christian church that believes in biblical principles. Watch this. Attends church regularly and even have a worship family time together. In other words, they pray, they read the Bible together. You see the statistics? I pray that even in our church today, you become models of that. I've been in this church right now already for over 10 years now. I thank God. There have been struggles. Don't get me wrong, in marriages, it's no exemption. But the fact that you're here and you haven't broken up yet, amen. You may be part of the good statistics, right? <laughs> you want a better statistics? Stick it out with me today because I'm going to share with you why this is so important. By the way, I've been married for my wife for a long time now. How many years? Thirty-eight years. Be careful. You know, I could, I could, sometimes I look about 30. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, no. You know. Okay. I made a mistake, but you know what? She's still forgiving me because somebody said, you know what? My dad, when he turned 60, 
Here's what, the, here's what, oh, what somebody said. You know, I noticed when dad turned 60, he's starting to lose his memory, right? Here's what the, the, the mom said. It's nothing new. <laughs> Why? Before 60, he wouldn't listen. And now he can't listen anymore. <laughs> Nothing's new, right? However, hopefully we will change, all right? With God's help. So, so what I want to share with you are some biblical principles that I pray that would make a difference in your life and in my life. Here's what the Bible says here. And I'm going to use this because if you understand the concept here, this will give you a better grasp of what marriage is all about. People are confused today about marriage. They are really confused. Why? You go against God's plan, you will end up in confusion. So let me give you some of the biblical principles here. Just, just hang on with this. And you're going to see why this is so critical in our, our married life. Number one, remember this. What is marriage for? Why are you married? Is it just for sex and happiness? Yeah. Not bad. But what is marriage all about? Why were you created for and what is marriage all about? And let's go to Genesis chapter 2 because that's Genesis chapter 1. God created mankind in his own image. And the image of God, he created them. Male and female. He created them. All right, just remember those words there, right? These are God's words, because you'll get principles from this. God blessed them and said to them, the what? Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Right from here, there are already three principles that you, I need to understand. Number one, marriage was created for God's glory and his purpose alone. You need to keep this in mind. You're not here just because you decided to be here. God must have created this world, not just by any kind of accident, for his own glory. Now, somebody said, why would God create people if he was already complete? In other words, if he is God, why would he have to create people for his own glory? Is he lacking in, in, in our own uh, concept? We say, is he lacking in getting some kind of accolade from other people? No, he was complete. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were already together, complete. But this is what I want to share with you. He wanted to create you and to create me that he might share his image and his glory with us. That he can also express that love. Marriage is the expression of God's glory. You are made in the image of God. There's no one like you. Have you ever thought about that? An animal is not made in the image of God. Why? Can an animal love? That's not love. Can an animal say, I love you with all of my heart? You are, no, no. An animal can show some kind of affection, love, because they want food. But for us, love is a concept that only belongs to God. God is love. Where do you get that? From God. It's not from an animal. We are all made in image of God. We can, we, we, look at this. We can communicate and express our feelings. <coughs> Those are the attributes of who God is, and God made us in his image. So remember this. Marriage was made for creation, for the glory of God. You and I, who created, we become this creation. Second, God also made marriage for the purpose of, this word, male and female. 
you better get this straight. Your X chromosome and your Y chromosomes are all different, right? The woman from man. That can never change. Because God made you and me. And the only way we can enjoy this is because God made men to be connected with a woman. You are different from a man, and a man is different from a woman. You need to understand that. You've seen videos like men are from Mars and women are from Venus. You know, you watch those. Men are really different from women. Don't you think so? I'm letting you know, if you haven't done that, talk to your mom and your dad. Talk about how they express love and how they express one another. It's different, all right? How they do things. A guy can be in front of the television and enjoy this game. A woman, right here, honey, what are, they, they need to talk. They need to connect. The guy said, leave me alone, I'm happy. No, a woman, we're just different. I'm just saying they're happy. Give them a remote. <laughs> we're just different. I don't know about you. And, and that's why they, get, they, they go so crazy among guys, like they are man cave, right? But God made us that way. But at the same time, there are also other things that are different too. Men are made to stand up for their dignity, their honor, respect. I'm going to talk about that. Women want that love. And I'm going to show you the why, why the scripture tells us. Anyway, it says, we need men and women because we're different. God has made us to be different. But when we come together, it becomes beautiful. I'm saying blue and, and pink, when you bring them together, what color is that? Purple. Purple is the color of God. It makes it beautiful, right? It, it brings glory. Let me give you a third reason. It's right there. For what? To multiply. To increase. You better be careful because this has been taken out from the equation. People say, hey, man, I love him. It's between whether I love this person. It's, it's marriage because we love each other. And that's it. But today, people are having marriage without children. God created marriage. Don't forget this. For what? Increase. For mankind. If we're not going to have children, what's going to happen with this world? You know, there are places today in play, all over the world. Because they have put down marriages, the population is decreasing today. Let me give you one example. San Francisco. Where marriage is so long between a man and a woman, the children's population has gone down and they no longer have kids in those places. Why? How can a man and a man have a child? How can a woman and a woman have a child? Unless it's done in artificial way. Have you noticed that? Because you can have marriage without children. People decide to have marriage without children. Listen to this. People can have children now without marriage. It's just confusing. But the Bible says marriage is to fulfill the earth. Amen? Would you agree now? We need to keep this in mind. Because the moment you break God's plan, that's when we have the breakdown of society today. A country is based upon family. All over the world, this has been the process. But the problem today, we're having marriage without even considering children. Let me even give you one example here. People are willing to have sex without marriage. Sex without children. That all goes against God's plan. Let me speak clearly here. If you're not married today, don't have sex. Because sex is within the context of marriage. You got it? That's what the Bible says, all right? 
Anytime you go against this, then that's where you have problems. You know what happened? Because of all technology, then we have all these pills that you can have sex and we have children. I'm saying, oh, now people are saying, I don't want to have a child, I'm going to abort the child. You know how many kids are aborted every year? Over a million children are being aborted every year. Because they don't want to have children. The moment you break this, you're breaking God's cycle. And that's when you have to have some problems today. You know one of the biggest problems of divorce today? Absentee fathers. Check it out. Go online. Google it. Don't, don't, don't. Look at all the studies today. The biggest cause of problems in the home today are absentee fathers. Because we have mothers today that don't have husbands. We have people having children without parents. And that's one of the problems because who's going to teach a boy to become a man? A woman? No. Who's going to teach a girl to become a woman? A man? No. God made us this way. So gentlemen, you're made to be a man. Be a man for God. If you want to be the alpha male, be the alpha male. You know what an alpha male is? You take the lead. I'm going to tell you why. Because when men relegate this leadership in the home, that's when you start to have the problems. Now, Bobby says, ah, I'm a feminist. I, I don't believe this. Hey, don't, don't blame me. Don't point at me. I'm telling you what Scripture says. Well, you want to go against that? Then be part of the statistics. One out of three, you're going to end up in divorce. I'm just saying it's a choice, right? So I'm not here to force anybody. I'm just telling you, you want God's plan? Just take a look. Just listen to it. Will this fit in my life? Do I want to give it a try? And what will happen if I do? Let me give you another verse here. Lord said, it is not good for a man to be alone. What will I do? I will make for him a what? A helpmate. By the way, men, when Adam was counting all the animals, right? They had all partners. They were multiplying. All of a sudden, he was giving them names. And then Adam says, well, they all got their mates. What about me? He started to realize he was alone. He needed a helpmate. Now, let's be careful here because sometimes I, I've made my, state, my mistakes in the past. Something people say, people say, I'm just going to get married because I'm lonely. I need a companion. That's, a, that's okay, right? But listen carefully. You are finding a wife or a husband, a, a wife here, that they may be your what? A help meet, a helper, somebody that will compliment you, somebody that will make you complete. That's why God did male and female. In biblical sense is this. As a male, you don't have all the fullness of the image of God in you because you and I are sinners. Somebody has to compliment us to make us one. That's why a man and a woman, when they complement one another, they become one. That oneness is what makes marriage last because you realize what is lacking in you, the other person will complete. That's why they called a helpmeet. This is so beautiful. And Adam said, I couldn't find anybody here. So God made a woman from him and he made him a what? A woman. Then the man said, uh, you know, when God decided to create a woman from his, from where? From the rib, right? You know what he said? God didn't take them from the head so that she will be head over you. God didn't take a woman out of his foot that he would be, she would be stepped on. Where did she get the woman from? From the rib. To be beside his heart, somebody to love, 
to be able to cherish and for him to be able to also to protect. But notice what happens is, this is my bone of my bone, flesh of my, I like that, right? Flesh of my flesh, taken up by my side. And I like he said, this is why a man leaves his father, oh, I forgot, she shall be called, you know why it's called woman? Because the guy said, whoa, man. <laughs> Beautiful. It's not what you said when you find your wife. Whoa. Where have you been all this time, right? Woman. And, then, and here's what the Bible says. This man shall live the father and mother. Shall become one flesh. Shall become one. And that's the reason why it's important for men and women to leave your parents and start your own family. Now, from a nation culture, they want to keep the family all together. All right? That's okay. As long as they have another house nearby, but not in your own house. Why? Because the woman has to be the queen of the home. And the man has to be the king or the leader of the home. Amen? But if you're under your parents' roof, what's going to happen? You will be still treated as my children. And you'll be under his authority. So you want to be the king? You want to be the alpha male? Have your own home. Even if it's an apartment. Even if it's a small home. Nobody's going to tell you how to clean your house. How to, you know, it's your own home. Amen? Right, amen? Because if you'll be under your in-laws, that's why they call called in-laws, right? They can become a challenge to you, but God wants us to be on our own. So God's plan is for us to have our own homes where we can start and procreate and do the, the next thing. Now, let me show you why it matters. And here's the summary for that, what I just said, because I'm going to go to the last verse here. It is for the glory of God. If you're married today, think about this. It is for the glory of God. It's not just for your own happiness. It's, if it's about you, marriage becomes so selfish. I want you because you're going to meet my need. I'm going to want you because I'm going to meet her. In other words, we become so selfish and this becomes so self-centered. God says, no, it's not about you anymore. Once you come to know me, it's all about it because you were created not for yourself, but for God. Second, it is a connection between a man and a woman. God created this. It is his purpose. Third, so the human race will continue. We want to fill this world with people. Fourth, it is protect the family and children. I forgot to mention this. The Bible tells us who is the best people to protect a child. It's the family. You know, a father is going to protect his children. You may learn from animals because, hey, listen, animals... Don't mess with animals when they're baby. Remember that? You mess with those little baby chicks. I remember when, I, when we would go, I don't know, have you been to the park? You've seen all these goose there, right? They may be a chick, but you go close to that chick and the, and, the, and the mom is there, they will fight you. I remember I was just walking, I was looking some of the kids, you know, and there's these little ducklings just to the park. And all of a sudden you can see, attack me. When it attacked me, my first instinct was to run. But I was with some other people, my kids. I, I grabbed the neck of that goose. I said, I'm saying, don't you dare touch my baby, right? But then I understood that I had my side. Okay, let's settle this. You go your way. I go my way, all right? I'm just saying, I, I'm going to protect my family. I don't care who you are. I'm telling you, give me a man who will fight for his family. Because God has made them that way. That's one instinct you'll realize that God has placed there to protect the family. Children that are born in families have a better chance of surviving and getting into better health. 
And that's why, forgive me if I say this, I like what Rick Warren says too. Rick Warren does not believe in orphanages. I don't believe in orphanages as well. Because every child needs a home. I would rather see families who will adopt, become foster parents, and give them the, the, the strength that comes from having a family. Orphanages are built with institutions, but without the care of a mom and dad. And I've seen, I'm saying, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's better than ha not just having them in the streets. But I'm with him too. That when a child is born in a family, they're protected, they're cared for, they're loved. People are willing to sacrifice. Show me a father and mother today. Once you become children, have you noticed what happens? The, the equation changes. Guys that used to fish a lot, you fish less. You play a lot of basketball, right, Rudy? Right? He knows about this. You have kids? Basketball is good. What's more important now? You better know what counts more. Your children. But fathers and mothers who still care about their lives, they're not good parents. Because they're not violating the biblical principles. The Bible tells us, I'll have them. Now, this is where I'm going to especially give an attention for a short while here. But marriage is to develop character. Let me tell you why this is so important. When you get married, God is going to use this to do things. Notice what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. I want you to listen to this. If you get these principles here, it can foolproof, it can make you divorce, marriage divorce proof. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own your own, huh? not other people's husband, to your own husband. As you do what? To the Lord. In other words, wives respect and submit to your husband, not because they're worthy of respect, but you do this to whom? To the Lord. You're not commanded just to be respect for no other reason, no. You do this as you respect the Lord. You better respect this person. God has placed them in that role. Just remember that. These are all things that has to be clear. For the husband is what? The head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church. As Christ is the leader of the church today. And as a leader, remember this. He loves you and is willing to die for you. He's willing to sacrifice himself for you. He's willing to give everything he does because he loves you. That's what he did for the church. That's what he did for your salvation. That's why, husband, if you are going to be at the lead, you better make sure you do this unto the Lord as well. So wives, are you willing to submit to a husband that is willing to do everything for you because they love you? They're willing to protect you. They're willing to care for you. They're willing to, willing to provide for you. Here's the word. They're willing to understand you. You know why I said that? Guys, it's hard to understand our wives. I don't know about you, right? There are times to say, how are you? Uh-oh, right? You might have said something or done something. And sometimes you just want to leave them alone and just, ah, I don't care. You, know? you don't want to talk to me. But you know what you're saying? I want you to understand me. But the problem is sometimes if the wives don't tell us. We don't know. We just assume like maybe she's having her monthly problem, right? But inside you're saying, I want you to ask me. I want you to tell me that I care for you. Tell me, honey, what's wrong, right? Rather than saying, there you go again, <laughs> right? You know, in other words, you, you can start, you're being childish, right? You're being, 
No, no, no. But that's what happens. Because we don't, we don't understand it. But the Bible says, I still need to love them in spite of all that. Amen, dearest? Yeah, she, she knows. Because sometimes I don't understand her. Right? When I come home, how are you doing? <laughs> what did I do? Right? If you are like you're scratching your head, did I say something? Or you forgot something? Yeah. But anyway, I still love my wife. Because that's what the Bible says. Submit her as Christ said. Now, husbands, if the wives are supposed to submit, what is the role of the husband? Remember this. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let me make it simple as this. Guys, we need to love our husbands because it's not natural for us to love. Can I repeat what I said? I'm just going to say Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Husband, oh, I'm getting confused over here, sorry. Husband love your wives, you know. Husband, it's not natural for us to love our wives, our wife, because it's not natural. What men want is not love. What men want is R-A-S-P-E-C-A-T, right? That's true. They want respect. That's what the scripture tells us. And I didn't realize this as I look over and over again. They want respect. When a woman starts to teach a little bit of guy without respect, you're going to see, you know what's the first tendency? That's why guys get into fight, right? You disrespect me, what's the, what's the next thing? Man, they really put up their arms and they want to fight it over because she had disrespected me. Many times that's part of what it means to submit is that when you are not respecting your husband, you see them put up their front and they want to fight back. But when they start to love, they start to push back and say, you know what? I'm not here to fight with my wife. I need to understand them. I need to love her. Now women, remember this. It's not easy for a wife, a woman, just to respect somebody else. What they want is love. It's not easy for a guy just to give love, and it's easy for a wife just to respect. You see the problem there? But when you do it unto the Lord, what you say, Lord, it's not my natural tendency as a guy just to show love to my wife. I need your help, Lord. Because this is not, you know, when we fight, what is my first tendency? Right? I'm not saying you can say like, you know, and then it, it, can, it can go back. But then, then they start to push back. Have you noticed this? For guys to give respect to other people, they push back. All right? Easy, kala. All right? Cool, kala. Because if not, we will end up fighting here. And ladies, when men start to push back, it's not because they don't love you, but that's an act of tendency not to have a fight. However, men, they're saying, our wives are saying, please come and understand me, listen to me, because I need you to know that you care about me. Show to me that you're here for me. Listen to me. Understand me. And that's not the usual part. My wife says, I may be insensitive. Manhit. I could be. That's why I'm this. Lord, help me to be sensitive to the needs of my wife. Now, wives, be sensitive to the fact that your husband is looking for respect and honor. The moment you start to put him down, that's when it becomes painful. You know what is sad? Sometimes I hear in marriages, it, it might be a joke, that every time somebody says, you know what, my wife says, oh, no, that's not true. Right? And you start to say, 
And here comes the husband and says, understand. No, that's not true. It's like this. I'm just making, I'm just making, embellishing it a little bit. That's not true. And here you are, the guy is like, you know what's happening? You're disrespecting him right there. But for you, you're trying to say, that's not true because what you're saying is not true. And you know what? When you say that, it's not true. It's a lie. You're hurting me. You're hurting my feelings. It's not true. It can be as simple as that. So church, I'm saying once again, for us to be able to have a, far, a, a divorce-proof marriage, it needs to be done unto the Lord. Now here's the most difficult part. Husband ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. I learned something about this. You want to really be able to do this? God gives a sample. The way you want to be treated, do it to your wife. Men, you want to have respect? Make sure you also treat your wife with what? Respect. You want to get love? Treat them with love. The Bible says, whatever you sow, you shall reap. In other words, listen. Where we get this back is what we put into this. And that's also what you get with wrong. You want, you, you, you want to be a person that's being loved? Well, don't just expect it from your wife. I would say the best thing you can get, get it from the Lord. Because you cannot keep that love without the Lord. So here's the verse also I want you to notice here. Look at this. You know, when we were still powerless, the Bible says, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might pass a day to die. They might die for somebody else. But notice what God gave us as a model here. But God demonstrated his love towards us, what? When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the secret here. You know why? Because when you see what it says here, Jesus is the model for love. When we were still sinners, he died in our place. Friends, my brothers and sisters, you can only love somebody if you experience God's love. When you experience his forgiveness, only then can you experience giving forgiveness as well. What else? Because what else? He pursues us. Love pursues. When there's a problem, you're willing to pursue it and you do not ignore it. What else? It also shows love is willing to accept the other person with all their imperfection because God is willing to accept us with all our imperfection. Have you realized that? We're all, two people that are married are not perfect. They're both sinners. So don't you expect a perfect uh, relationship? God was also willing to die for us. Are you willing to die for your partner, the person you love? What else? It's willing to forgive as well. All of this, because when God shows us what it means to love, it frees us to become who we can be by God's grace. So in closing, if you haven't yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can never do this. This is called unconditional love. This is called agape love. The world offers three other kinds of love. The first one is eros. It's a romantic love, erotic love. But it's something that I, I love you because you're beautiful. But if you're longer beautiful, that's it, or handsome. The second kind of love is what you call a brotherly love, phileo. It's a brother love. I love you because it's a 50-50 thing. You're a good friend of mine. But even the best friends can be the best of enemies. 
But the third love is an unconditional love. I love you in spite of who you are. I have made the decision to love you. This was God's love. For God so loved the world. The word love there is agape love. You can only do this if you have Jesus Christ in your life. Because once you experience that, you can love others. So what you need to do right now, if you haven't had that kind of love, you say, God, I realize I'm a sinner. I don't know what it means to love. But because you showed me you died on the cross for my sins, I accept I am a sinner. And I want you to come into my life to forgive me, to change me, and make me the person you want me to be. And for now, my desire is to live for you. And if you're a husband and wife, to be able to love the people around me as well because she showed me the greatest example. So we bow heads of prayer. Mm -hmm. Put every heads are bowed and eyes are closed.